while your day is winding down. They're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you get in the program. Last hour of the show, do want to talk about a few things. I see some uh, calls online. We'll get to them. Um, I do want to talk about a few things. Uh, the one thing I do want to talk about is Biden's visit to Boston and what it means for the Georgia Senate race. Um, I think it's an important topic. The Georgia Senate runoff is tomorrow. So 508-996-0500 is how you get in the program. Good evening. Good evening, Marcus. How are you? Good. How you doing? Hey, good. Listen, um, for some people that live in New Bedford, can you map out what Ward 3 is um, located? Yeah, sure. So basically, Ward 3, it, it's a weird ward because... Um, I think Jack Splain said this best. It's not defined really by a particular neighborhood. Like Ward 5 is mostly Buttonwood Park, right? And Ward 6 is the peninsula. So Ward 3 is Cogsall Street, right? Uh, the Hicks-Logan area, so Wamsutta Lofts and the neighborhoods around that, Sawyer Street and all of that. Um, going up through, up to Mount Pleasant Street. Now it's most of Mount Pleasant Street. And then it starts at uh, where uh, ha- uh, Shamit Ave and Hathaway Road. So basically all of Hathaway Road um, and down to where Wonder Bowl and Building 19 are. Um, so that is basically Ward 3. So basically it goes from Cogsall Street. If you can kind of m- picture it in your head from Cogsall yeah. Street and then it cuts from Mount Pleasant Street, uh, Cogsall Street, Mount Pleasant Street, Shamit Ave. Uh, all the way up and down Hathaway Road, basically the entirety of Hathaway Road, and probably ends about where where Mount Pleasant Street gets into, uh, like the um, past the uh, the liquor store, right? So right where the liquor store is, I think is probably the end of Ward Three. Uh, so I think Nash Nash Road, I think is I no Nash Road, I don't think is Ward Three, but where Mount right where that liquor store is, Nosset Street, that area, that's all Ward Three. So comes up from Cogsall Street, goes up through Hathaway Road, is the best way to describe yeah, where, it. Where the old Building Nineteen is. Yeah, where the old Building Building Nineteen is. In fact, I remember in the special election last um, six years ago, one of the issues, one of the primary issues in that election was what is going to happen with Building Nineteen. That was one of the primary issues, is what's going to happen with Building 19. Yeah, I think there's a big sign there, like, um, uh, soon to build right now, so 
I don't know if there's something going on there as well. I mean, there's rumors that a Walmart was going to go there, too. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, Walmart, I don't know if it could make sense, I guess. I mean, well, there is a Walmart in Fairhaven, but the Walmart in Fairhaven is actually the smallest Walmart in the country. And there is a, uh, uh, you know, obviously a bigger Walmart in Dartmouth and one in Wareham. Um, I don't know if uh, Walmart there makes a lot of sense. It would certainly kill the two grocery stores there. You have Price Right right there, and then you have that other smaller grocery store, I believe, that's right near the liquor store. Yeah, save a lot, I think, yeah. Yeah, save but a lot. Yeah, Walmart doesn't care about the small. Oh no, they anywhere. they no, they definitely don't. They definitely don't. But uh, just you know, just talking about the economic impact of that. If there was a Walmart there, uh, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, that's true too. And also too, um, do you know? I mean, I know there's a train. Do you know where the train station is going to happen? Anywhere in Preta? Uh, because the one in New Bedford on Church Street, is that where? Yeah, there's going to be one on Church. There's going to be one on Church Street, and I believe there's a platform uh, near Wamsutta Mills as well that's being built. But I think the first, I, I think the first one's on Church Street. That's my understanding. Right. Yeah. Wamsutta Mills. Where is that located? Can refresh my memory. Wamsutta Mills is in Ward Three. It's just off of Cogsell Street. So basically, if you're going, let's say you're going down Cogsell Street from Fairhaven. Um, yep. you can take a left at your, like, f you can take a left at the first set of lights there where, uh, no, not the first, the first set of lights. First set of lights is 195. Second set of lights, you can take a left and you take a right and you're basically there. Or you can take. Okay. Where, okay, where the end zone is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right around. So, uh, one set of mills is essentially right behind, uh, end zone. Um, it's a okay, very, yeah. it's a very big apart. Uh, it's a very, very big apartment complex. A lot of people do live oh, okay. there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah. That's why. If you look around, Marcus, like even where Bill 19 is, they did sidewalks, they did really big lighting there. Yeah. It's because it, um, they want people to actually walk to the um, to the train station. And I believe, like you said, it's going to be really good for the city because, I mean, I've done a lot of commutes to Boston. And before, it used to be like a good hour and 10 minutes, but now it's so congested. It's a good hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. And, um People say, oh, the train's going to take long. But you know what? You're just as long as in your car, frustrated, um, stopping and going. If there's an accident, forget it. That's three hours. Oh, yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, even Or even longer. And plus, if you're on the train... You get to if you're like going to work, you get to do work. You get to you can listen to what you can just kind of sit and leisurely commute to Boston instead of being in the car, being in that traffic, having to be always be attentive, constantly tapping your brakes. Like there's so much like stimulus for frustration when you're commuting, when you're doing that commute to Boston. It's significantly easier to just take the train if it's available. Right, and I just hope to keep the the. Um the fares were low enough that people can afford to make sense because if anybody thinks of Boston and they've gone to some type of show of Boston, it's like $40, $50 just to park your car in one of those garages. Yeah. I, and, and, with a, and with the price going up now on your on gasoline, hopefully they'll keep those prices pretty low to round, round trip. That will make it easy access and it'll make it make sense for people to go on the train it's one of the, actually i think it's one of the the issues that they need to if they really want to maximize the potential of south coast rail 
they need to they do need to address the fairly high fare cost. One of the issues I talked about this a long time ago, but one of the things they need to do is have like some sort of sliding scale fee system for people who are um, of uh, who have less resources of less means be able to apply for like a sliding scale fee so that it may cost uh, a lot less to uh, or even be free um, so that people can ride it because otherwise it does. I mean, there are packages you can buy to if you're a regular daily commuter, but it's still fairly expensive. You know, it's going to be I think it's, you know, if it's let's say it's 15 bucks both ways. Right. That's that's not, you know, every uh, that's not tenable for a lot of people just paying 30 bucks. It's, I guess, cheaper than driving up to Boston. But there's a lot of people like they can't access it that way anyway because of the expense and all of that. So they do need to if they want to maximize the potential of South Coast Rail and rail service everywhere. They need to look into how to make those costs a lot more manageable for people who don't necessarily have the resources. Yeah. And a good point, too, Mark, is because. If people pay attention to the, uh, the delays, it's usually in between the orange line and the green line that people have problems. But the commuter rail um, barely has any type of delay. They run, they run pretty well yeah. as far as, like, on time versus, like, the orange line, green line, silver line. Those are the ones that usually have more problems than the commuter rail itself. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, I mean, a lot of that, like I said, Healy, I don't know if she intent, like if it was a plan of hers, but there, you know, obviously there's going to be a new MBTA manager. I've heard members of the delegation just openly say, like on the record in public, that uh, they've already advised Healy to just fire everybody, right? Like just everybody that's in management because they need an entirely new perspective on how the MBTA uh, is run or an entirely new management system because, yeah, obviously, you know, when you have a train catch on fire and all that, that's a big issue. Now, they have fixed that. Um, I think they are, you know, it's something that they're going to work really hard on and, and put a lot of resources into, but it's definitely, there's there's a lot, like, it's good to, that it's going to get here, um, the, the train, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done to make sure this train can really bring the most amount of development to this area as possible. But the but the, um, the advocate to that is like, okay, now it's going to bring more um, like resource to a New Bedford, which maybe the rent could start going even higher. Yeah. And, and people have. The rent issue's tough. The rent issue's tough. I mean, for people that own homes in New Bedford, they're going to see obviously a significant amount of value in their home, uh, which is a positive economic, um, you know, uh, development for them. But uh, the rent issue is going to be tough. But you'd hope with, you know, more development in the area, there'll be more opportunities for jobs both here and in Boston, and that people there'll be a lot more opportunity for people to have a job where they can get a livable wage and be able to afford. Um, you know, higher, uh, you know, higher rents, like a sort of a rising tide lifts all boats type of, you know, philosophy behind that. I wonder if they can put a time uh, restriction on what, when can those trains go? Because I wonder if they're able to run to like midnight or able to catch up a train at midnight or something like that into Boston from New Bedford. My understanding is the like latest train you can catch, I think, from Boston is around like 1130-ish. Uh, I don't know. Typically, commuter rails aren't that late, uh, but I think it's... 
I think that would be great. I think the the you know there's concerns. Uh, the the concerns would be obviously people who live around there uh, and the sound of a train coming in at uh, at those times. Yeah, the thing is, they got that. But if you talk to a real estate, if you um, if, if you live in the area where you have a train going behind or in front of your house every hour or so with that noise, I'm not sure if it'll be a desirable place to live if you live on that church street. Well, people who people who might take the train to work would probably deal with it. You know, um, I think that would probably it be it. But people who who didn't. Uh, could just sell their house. It would the, the the cost will definitely go up. the The value will definitely go up being close to a to a, a, trans, a commute um, a means of commuting to Boston for sure. And let's talk about where, where usually a train station usually has some type of house development around the train station. Like if you look at the Lakeville Middleborough one, uh, the train started going to, and they have a multi. Um, complex area right by the train station for um i'm not sure if it's, it might be low-income families or um, well lakeville yeah no that's that's definitely not a low income i i know i know some people that live there definitely not low, low income that's actually i would say more of a higher income uh area people live around there but all those places are are bought up um and that's again that's been a big positive um development for that lakeville area there's been a lot of a lot of housing that's been built over there uh at that station um mostly mostly more uh market rate stuff definitely not low income more market rate stuff um but yeah for sure and the thing that where chamberlain is right now that building is basically non-existent and there was talking maybe if they could actually turn that Chamberlain building to a big um, housing um, facility yeah. for apartment buildings because that goes right along the, the train station road. Yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, obviously, housing stock's a big issue, too. They need to improve on that, and I, I think they're looking into that's one of the solutions is, is getting a... Yeah, a, a, good stuff. I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited about it, and, uh, especially if, I like to go into Boston a lot, especially in the summer or watch. Yeah. Like, if you go to an event or concert or a game, you're gonna pay fifty bucks for a parking garage, right? And no, if you and if you're running late, you know you um, you're, gonna, you're not gonna be able to find a parking spot. You're gonna pay yeah. big bucks, and, and next thing you know, you can't get out. You don't pay anybody to get out of the parking uh- garage. I'll honestly, I'll probably go to more Celtics games if the train's available. Um, I like going to Celtics games, but it's just an incredible pain. So um, I'd probably go to a lot more Celtics games for sure, and even some Red Sox games. I went to a Red Sox game last year, and it was a lot of fun. So I'll probably go to a, uh, a lot more games if the um, if the train if if there's an easier access to Boston for sure. Right, and if you can do parking, I mean that's a big parking lot there by uh, U-Haul, the new U-Haul place is there on Church Street. Where yeah. You'll have a lot of parking spots for uh, parking your car there and stuff like that. Instead, and now you know, and the thing about that, because right to South Station, where a lot of people don't understand, there's a lot of taxi drivers there, there's a lot of Uber drivers there. So right. it's like if you don't want to, it's a station where it's really, really busy, where you can hop on or take a taxi or Uber driver and take you to where you need to go. Absolutely. Hey, I'm going to hold you there. There's some thank other you. calls on the line, but thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Marcus. Bye bye. 508-996-0500. We got some calls on the line. We're going to take them. Good evening. Hey, Marcus. How you doing? Hey, today? Tom. What's up? Well, I was reading the paper today with a changing of the guide in the community development office with Josh Amaral. I think that, you know, that this guy's a brilliant guy. 
judging from uh, just his uh, oh. work on the school committee. I'm such a big Josh can... Amaral fan. Yeah. <laughs> I really am. I'm such a big Josh Amaral fan. Yeah, he's terrific. Yeah. Terrific. Um, he, he, when I had him on, he is one of the, one of the, out of all the electeds uh, in the city, he is one of the most well-spoken guys uh, for sure. Um, and I think has a, had a, in the school committee, had a real firm grasp on those issues. And, you know, he was director, assistant executive director of PACE. Um, you know, so he's helping a lot with a lot of those issues in the city, a, a lot of the neighborhood development issues in the city already. I think it's a great fit, a great hire, and I, I think he's going to do an excellent job. Yeah, terrific. So I wanted to mention, give him some kudos. And thank Mr. Sullivan for his efforts over the years, too. He was pretty good, too. Oh, absolutely, for sure. You know, yeah. Uh, the other one was Kathy Dana tonight. I, you know, I, I think she was involved way back with the Wamsetta uh, apartment uh, 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 complex that, that was being built. I think that was during her, her era. And what I like about her is, you know, the, the contiguous uh, nature of Ward 3, you know, it's that constant mix of commercial real estate, mm -hmm. uh, regular businesses, and then single family. I think she's in a position to win this thing. Uh, I mean, she's given, won before, so. Yep, given the amount of votes coming out. Yeah. Uh, I've always appreciated her position. I think she had businesses downtown on top of that. Mm -hmm. So that, that commitment to the community o over the years to me, is an important thing yeah. uh, if I was in Ward 3 to vote. So uh, I'm sort of leaning toward her at this point in time. Interesting. And then the field is, is good. Uh, the other thing was uh, we have your Madeiran friend who is being offered a contract by Saudi Arabia. I don't know if you heard that. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I heard uh, Ronaldo. Uh, the, uh, Saudi Arabia is, you know, they they've made a significant impact in the uh, international golfing game so I, I guess they're looking to to take on soccer too and they certainly have the financing to do that yeah i don't know i i thought i saw a 211 million dollar uh uh estimate of what he was going to be paid but i wasn't sure yeah. uh whether it was 21 million transfer fee uh in soccer would they, they have to do if a if a club has a contract with a guy in manchester united had it with him uh, they have to pay a transfer fee to assume the guy's contract, so the club doesn't get uh, get hurt financially. So I wasn't sure if it was 21 million transfer fee or if it was a 211 million contract that uh, Saudi Arabian club was offering him. But we'll find out more about that tomorrow as Portugal takes on Switzerland, which is going to be one heck of a game. What's your What's your prediction? Well, uh, judging from what I see from Portugal at this point and, and the way the Swiss play, the Swiss play uh, similar to Germany, uh, but they don't have the speed uh, th that they need to beat Portugal. I'm just hoping uh, the coach uh, realizes that Pepe can't be in the back line for an extended period of time. Uh, I noticed in previous game other teams were, were working his uh, side of the field because he's a little bit slow. The guy's 38 or something like that. Right. And uh, he just doesn't have the speed so that, that could hurt him a little bit. And Ronaldo has to shine. Every other superstar uh, in this uh, World Cup tournament has has shown uh, what they can do. Messi's shown what he could do. Neymar today with Brazil. Right. Uh, you know, the, the great ones, even uh, I, I can't pronounce his name properly from France, Mag Magpe, sure. uh, the young guy, the superstar there. Um, so if Ronaldo shows his stuff, then Portugal will win. And it, but it's, I'm telling you, it's going to be a battle. It isn't going to be an easy game for him. Uh, Bruno Fernandes is going to have a big, big uh, uh, role in this, and because uh, he can 
cut you up real easy. Right. <laughs> this is the best way to say it. Uh, and penetrate your defense. So uh, that that one uh, we'll be watching. Uh, and last but not least, what I was going to comment on, uh, there was one more. No, it slipped my mind. Okay. Anyway, that's where I am today. And uh, it, it's Monday. You guys going to be doing some more on Kennedy, right, on the assassination? You, yeah, be- yeah. If, when Chris comes in, we've we've got some more planned. We've got a big guest that we're trying to get in uh, on that, uh, but we're still working on it. So. Yeah, it, it, the thing about the uh, uh, Republican Party in the state is absolutely true. You know, I've always uh, grown up where the conservative end of things was, was a position and a platform that they took uh, in terms of just about everything, financial, balanced budgets, you know, getting people off welfare, uh, things of that nature. And then when you look back at it, that, that was basically President Clinton's platform. So he even stole the thunder there for them. But they're in trouble in this state, uh, for sure. And I, I think it, it's reverberating nationwide. And somebody, some type of leadership has to come up. And uh, I think the biggest thing to do that is to, uh, to dissolve the Trumpism attitude of how government works and constitutional issues and I stuff agree. like that. And and in this state, it's just it's just almost sad the way that they they performed in this last election. But uh, somehow they'll come back. But it's going to take them a while, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, uh, I, I think it's it's a matter of like like I said before, ground up coalition building that that takes a very long time. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Hang in there. All right, see ya. So five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Let's go back to the oh. Uh, caller just dropped off, but all right. If you want to call back, you can at 508-996-0500. Uh, also taking your message on the app chat. Spurrier from New Bedford said, Lions needs to go. He can't produce uh, hashtag by Felicia. Yeah, no, it's true that he does, that he can't produce. Obviously he's not uh, an effective leader for the Republican party. It's not all his fault though. Um, I think messaging is going to be important. And I think, Massachusetts Republican Party, whoever they have as their next leader, whether it be Amy Carnavale or somebody else, needs to um, needs to present a message that is less Trumpian and more like what works, more Charlie Baker-esque in terms of the Republican Party is more of the business party, right? The more of the fiscal conservative stuff. I think that that works for a lot of people. I think that works for a lot of Massachusetts Republicans who have had success here. And I think you have to present it as more uh, saying, you know, independent of uh, independent of the, you know, typical um, I'm in an independent voice on, on Beacon Hill, something like that. That's a lot better than what they're going with now. They've went in that direction of, you know, with like Ray the Campbell and all that. They've went in that direction of 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 culture war stuff. And so. Yeah, Lyons needs to go for the Massachusetts Republican Party to move forward. But there also needs to be, I think, more cohesive messaging. I do agree with Spurrier in New Bedford. He does need to go. But I think there needs to be better messaging from the Republican Party. I think that, you know, I, I think the the platform hasn't gone well. Um, so we'll see. But 508-996-0500. Uh, we'll... Um, We'll take a break and then we'll we'll be right back. This is South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus here on fourteen twenty WBSM. Welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus five zero eight nine nine six 
0500 is how you get in the program. We have some calls that dropped off. Uh, I don't know if you want to call back, you can. Uh, it's saw a couple of them drop off, but um, uh, also taking your messages on the WBSM uh, app chat. But um, so uh, we're talking about some local issues. You know, the Ward Three race, South Coast Rail um, that you know we've been talking about. Uh, you know, the Royals visited Boston, but at the same time, President Biden visited Boston as well, and I think. Um, it was pretty important uh, because what he visited Boston for was basically to uh, raise money for Raphael Warnock, Senator Raphael Warnock in Georgia. If you're unfamiliar with the race, I doubt you are, but just in case you are, tomorrow is the Georgia Senate runoff between Raphael Warnock and the current senator in Georgia and... Uh, Herschel Walker, the challenger football football guy for uh, for Georgia. So basically in Georgia, if you don't get 50% of the vote, it goes to a runoff. They have an extra runoff election. And uh, Warnock ha- was leading slightly ahead of uh, on election day, but um, he didn't get 50%. So... Um, it's going to the runoff. The runoff is tomorrow. Warnock is largely expected to win that race. The polling has him ahead. He is the incumbent senator. Herschel Walker is a pretty horrendous candidate. Um, so Warnock is likely to win, but it's still an important race for a few reasons. Uh, one, because it's uh, it'll give Warnock a full six-year term in the Senate. So Georgia will have two Democratic senators for the next at least six or so years, uh, John Ossoff. Well, John Ossoff was elected to a full term initially. Warnock was just elected to serve out the remainder of, I believe it's Senator Perdue's term uh, in Georgia. So, um, So what Biden came to Boston for was basically to raise money. Uh, and I think they raised over a million dollars. Uh, they did a lot of phone banking for Georgia. I think he went to a lo- he, well, I don't think he went to a, lo- uh, a Boston uh, Electrical Workers Union in Georgia to a Boston Electrical wor- uh, Workers Union in Georgia uh, to, you know, basically kick off a phone bank. Senator Markey and Warren were there. And the reason it's important is because it gives Democrats a 51 seat majority, which means Kamala Harris doesn't need to be a tie breaking vote, which means in a lot of ways that Joe Manchin can't gum things up. Now, a coalition of Joe Manchin and like another senator could. But uh, it makes uh, passing things through the Democratic Senate a lot more fluid. Now, there's still the problem of the House Republicans uh, because they're going to have to gavel and thus logjam everything that comes through. But for cabinet nominees, judicial nominees, et cetera, and for maintaining a Senate majority in 2024 when the Democrats have a tough Senate map, it's it's very important. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hi, good evening. How you doing? Good. Um, When we're talking about the train, I've been around since uh, before the Silver City Galleria. The train was coming. They built the Galleria. The Galleria lived a wonderful, robust life and died, and the train still didn't get here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so what I'm saying is it's a new dynamic. I'm talking 20th century, and now it's a quarter of the way into the 21st century, and the train is coming. Yeah. So my opinion is, uh, now that I'm in my 70s, I don't think I'm going to need it. <laughs> the way I did, <laughs> I'm the sorry. Way I did a million years ago. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah. So my question really is uh, maybe not even a question. I'm going to ride it. I am. If there's a pickup in Taunton. Because I can't get hands on a schedule. Because I'm not interested in a straight shot to Boston. I'd like to drop off somewhere along the way and uh, do some shopping in a different town or whatever. It's not all about me making a paycheck in Boston. Yeah. And I also want amenities. Is this going to have a cot where you can eat? Is it going to be adult beverages on the train? Is it going to be a real uh, decent experience so that as in my older age, I can enjoy a ride? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, it might. Uh, I'm not entirely. Sh I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I don't think the Middleborough train has any amenities like that. Um, nothing. No, I ride that. There's nothing there. Yeah. You get. It's a cattle drive. You get on it. <laughs> it's a cattle car. You get on it. You shut up. You well, it gives you its primary function, which is getting you to Boston without having to drive. Yeah, it's very basic. That's exactly. You just put it in concisely. But uh, what I called about was term limits, and uh, that's very important to me because the conversation come up again here because we're talking about judges being elected. And, but term, term limits term, for term limits for whom? For um, legislature on Beacon Hill, and yeah. uh, I said it's a ridiculous argument. And oh, what the hell are you talking about? I said, look, you incentivize that you give out pensions per diem, you give out everything, Cadillac uh, health care plans. Yeah. Um, when you do that, don't talk to him to me. Yeah, here's yeah, the thing. Here, you're approaching it the wrong way. Disincentivize it. Make it truly public service, and people will not hang around. They'll get in, do their job, because they really got a job to the, do, and but, they'll get out. You know, here's the thing with that. You want to make it a good, attractive job because you want people with certain qualifications to have those jobs. They're really important and difficult jobs. No, I don't. I, I think you'll get the best and the brightest without all this uh, pension and carrying. I stick don't and all know. This. I don't know. You, I, I, the thing well, is, you think people are that low grade that they got to be incentivized to uh, to in the name of no? I don't think low grade. Uh, no, no. I think there'll still be some dutiful public servants that will do the job because they love it. But I don't think you know, especially across the Commonwealth where everybody has to go to Boston for a period of time. I don't think you're going to do it paying somebody pennies and not giving them a pension or. Or or healthcare well, I think benefits. It's a damn shame that nobody's got any civic pride or state pride. I think they I have mean, civic you know, pride, I mean, but I think it's there's it's also a matter of wanting to um, have a sustainable lifestyle. And in order to do that, to to commute to Boston regularly and be there for you know sometimes they're there for twelve thirteen hours a day and and doing all the the work they do, um, plus the work yeah, they well, do in the district. I think you have help. to. I think, but the, the, again, I think you have to. I think you have to incentivize that with good pay and good benefits. I, I, I don't I, I just I don't think you could bank on civic pride. Um, you know, I think the people that serve now do have civic pride. I think the people in our delegation okay. definitely have civic pride. And let's square it. Let's, let's get it square. And it's not public service. It's a business and uh, people got needs and it's got to be set up uh, with a pension. It's got to be set up with all kinds of gas card. It's got to be set up with parking areas for you. It's got to be set up, set up and set up. But let's square it. It's not public service. It's a business. I represent you. And that's that's, well, that's, that's Because I, I'm sick of this crap about, oh, we're going to have two more. You're offering everybody a giant pot at the end of a short I, I, I think the whole conversation term on term limits for legislatures is difficult anyway because you're you're going to ask the, I think, uh, 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 an absolute majority, if not a super majority, of, of people to vote themselves out of a job. I think that's a I'll difficult... But, but would you hear me on this, though? 
Most of the people that are in there, and this is a fact, we can't argue the facts, and it's not, it's a fact. Two-thirds of them are in real estate or they're lawyers. Yeah, so that's probably true. So where the hell's the need for what you just said? Well, about, I think uh, lawyers is a. I think I think obviously the the I think when they already I, are on top. I think having lawyers is a valuable. Have, being a lawyer is a valuable skill set for lawmaking. Right, I think that's. I think, have, I think having uh, lawyers uh, in a factory is also good too. Might eliminate yeah. OSHA. Um, but the thing is, is that nobody's going to do that. And I'm telling you, incentivizing real estate agents and lawyers. Uh, and in the name of public service, it's just an, it's just another giddy up. Again, giddy up, I, I think our, our delegation, I think, are, are dutiful. I think there's a lot of people up there. And there's some people that aren't there up there for the right reasons. I think most people that are up there are up there for the right reasons. Hey, I got to okay. hold you there because I got calls on the line. I appreciate you calling in, though. Thank you very much. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hey, good evening. How you doing? Oh, all right. How are you? Um... Let's see what I want to talk about. Um, Herschel Walker is a complete idiot. Yeah. Um, I hope he does not win. Even though it's Joe, well, we don't want him in the Senate. He really has no experience or any idea what he's doing. I think he's brain damaged. Yeah. Um, um, he, yeah. I think it's, yeah. He's a bad candidate. He doesn't make a lot of sense, and he's got a really sordid past that's like troubling. I think for a lot of voters to reconcile. All I can think of is that old Disney cartoon. Zippity doo dah. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you for sure. Oh, one more thing. Um, I'm glad Hodgkinson lost. Um, I didn't think he was gonna. I I actually thought he was gonna win, but I'm glad he lost. I did vote against him. I remember you, uh, so I remember, you, I remember you calling that. in and telling him that on the air. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think her will, will be better. I think, um, I don't know, it seemed like a lot of people out here didn't like him, but uh, he did have the supporters, I know that. Yeah, I mean, it was but a close election, so some people liked him. But a lot of people around the city do not like that man. Oh, well, He's clearly, I mean, I mean, clearly a lot of people in the, I agree, a lot of people in the city didn't like him. He lost the city by like 5,000 votes. So, yeah, that's true. Um, but it was a, too. yeah, Fall River, but he still, most, most of the count, I, I'd say, you know, it was a slim majority. It was, a, it was a close race. So I think saying, uh, no, not everybody didn't like him, I think is probably a stretch, but definitely people in New Bedford didn't like him and, and Farver as well. Hey, I got to hold you there because I got to take this break, but I appreciate yeah, you calling in. You as well. Hey, if you're on the line, stay on the line, 508-996-0500. Download the WBSM app and listen to us everywhere. The One's on the left, left, the other on the right. Right. They're both ready to call it right down the middle. More of Marcus and Chris on South Coast tonight here on WBSM. Hey, welcome back. Let's go back to the phones. Good evening. Good evening, Marcus. How are we doing? Good. How's it going? Well, we're hanging in there. Marcus, do you think in the future uh, that President Biden will run again? Yeah, probably. Um, I think He's the midterm. 80 what at that time? Uh, he will be, he was, I, what, 77 when he was elected? So, uh, was he 77? I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. Think, I, 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 I think he'll, go ahead. I think he'll be 81 or 82. 81. Okay. 
Now, again, looking in the uh, in the news, uh, Christy McVie died in, what, she's 79 or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Christy Alley. Uh, Christy Alley just died at 71. Yeah. She had cancer. So, again, yeah, they're, yeah, they're playing in the, we're, in the 70s. We're playing in the fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And when you talk about President Biden uh, and even Donald Trump, they're in sudden death overtime. Yeah. You know, I would hope that the uh, parties would convince uh, both of these people to step aside and yet let a younger generation uh, uh, take over. I, you know, I don't know if the optics look as good for by. I don't know if the optics broader, like more broadly, look as good. I, I think I think it should happen. Uh, I think he should, but I don't know if the optics optics look as good as saying, okay, well, this guy can't run, this guy can't lead, well, so let's get somebody ha- else. He would have to say, say like himself, like President Johnson did during the Vietnam War. I'm not going to spend one minute campaigning and not trying to bring this war to an end. They would have to. Find something like that that uh, Biden has an initiative that he's going for, and he's, you know, just going to step aside. And, yeah, and, and, I mean, I think that's fine. You could say, you know, we've I've accomplished what I want to accomplish. We got ARPA done. We got we got the infrastructure done. We've built back better, and say all that stuff. Yes, Talk yes, about the legislative yes, accomplishments yes, they yes, had, yes. the things that he wanted to do that he did, and then say move on. It's time for somebody yes. else to lead. I, I I could see that. Uh, who would you see in the next generation that might? In the Democratic mm. Party. Don't tell me Hillary couldn't, please. No, definitely not. Uh, I would say um, Gretchen Whitmer has been floated as somebody, the governor of Michigan who's, has been floated as somebody who could, you know, one uh, has been reelected twice in Michigan, a state that they need, um, I think is uh, pretty personable. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, was pretty easily reelected, uh, you know, Gavin Newsom, somebody that they put forward. I don't know if Gavin Newsom plays as well nationally. Uh, I think that, uh, JB Pritzker, honestly, I think could, I think he's got the money to, to, to finance it, uh, to finance a, a presidential run. Um, I would say out of people, you know, Kamala Harris too. um, mm. Kamala Harris, actually leads uh, presidential polling in Democratic primaries minus Biden. But de- Kamala Harris, my one reservation with Kamala Harris, which is why I'd lean more towards somebody like Whitmer than Harris, is that Kamala Harris ran a national campaign and failed miserably. Yes, so yes. I don't I don't see her, honestly, as a viable candidate. Mm-hmm. I'd lean more towards a governor like Whitmer mm-hmm. um, than than somebody like, um, than, than, uh, than Vice President Harris, to Again, be honest with you. Again, the names you just mentioned, the only one I know of is, is Kamala, Kamala Harris. And yeah, I'm, that's the other problem. That's yeah. the other thing is, is name ID. That's how, that's yeah. basically why Joe Biden won. It was name ID. He's the guy yeah, who's been around the longest. buried in the solace so he didn't come out during the COVID and they, they managed. That was the yeah, he was, but everybody was, knew him. The basement campaign. He's been around for, he's been around, for, yeah, he's been around for 50, yeah, he's been around for 50 years. Yeah, he was the vice president. And they could do that. But I, I'm still looking for that uh, young uh, Democratic uh, person to come forward that like like Obama did at the time when he did, and everybody went. I think yeah, mm. he's intelligent, he's smart. Uh, you know, he hasn't been around that long, and that helped him because he didn't have a record. Maybe so I always say that's when you strike yeah. while the iron's hot. Yeah, yeah. yeah you strike while the but iron's I, hot. I just don't see Joe Biden could do it, and 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 hopefully the Republicans can get Trump out of there too because he's just too controversial. I don't think Why they. I don't think the they. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think they will. I think I think he's going to win the nomination. I really do. They're don't. afraid of him. That's what it boils down to. They're afraid he's going to call. Call them some names, and yeah. they won't have anything to well, come back it, on. And uh, it, the man has really hurt this country uh, because what he does, he doesn't do for uh, the country. He's doing it for his own personal, yeah, no. personal I, self. It's it's just sad. I, I agree. I just think the the majority of the base that's going to repo- vote in the Republican Party uh, re- still really likes him. He 
dominates, absolutely dominates every poll against DeSantis. Well, again, though, where are the other Republican presidents like uh, uh, Bush, okay, uh, to come forward and say, hey, yeah. You know, this, this I'd argue, I, honestly, I'd argue Bush is a lot more disastrous than Donald Trump was. No, no, but, but I don't think he was trying to do it to, you know, to promote himself. I mm. think in his own way, he wanted to try to help the country. Who else do we have with the Republican president? Reagan's gone, right? Uh, <laughs> Reagan's been gone. Yeah. yeah, he's been gone. But yeah, again, yeah. at his time, he was, I think... He was the oldest. The he, he was actually the oldest president elected before at 69 years old. Yes, yeah. I know. And that, 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 in, in today's world where things move so fast... Having an older person there, I I see Joe Biden move around, and I'm in my seventies, and geez, I move better than him. Yeah, you know, and uh, again, uh, there are no other Republican uh, presidents around. Him. Listen, I think both parties would definitely uh, would benefit from having a fresher perspective. Yeah. I agree. Hey, listen, I I'm up up up, um, up against this break. Okay, I gotta let friend. you go. But okay, you have a good night. You as well. Fourteen. Uh, can maybe fit this phone call in. Good evening. Yeah, I just want to say really quick, if Trump does run again, well, he is going to run, but um, he's not, he's going to lose. I think the 